Hello, and welcome back to episode 37 of Southern Friday Commerce. You hear me chuckling a little bit because Emily, uh, this is our second take already, Emily. I'm Jay Brimberry. I'm the COO of EUI Studios. And uh, as always, I have Emily uh, Faulkner, my uh, lovely co-host. And and, uh, you have made me chuckle. This is our second take at this, is it not? Oh, yeah. We're having one of those mornings. One of those mornings. Everybody's mad, Emily. Everybody's everybody's just very passionate about something today, me included. Oh, yeah. Listen, there's a lot of stuff to to think about and care about. Oh, you know what? It's Friday. I think we're putting too much energy into today. We are. We are. What is this? I thought that this was just supposed to be a reverent humor. Uh, and it's just not. I just, you know, I don't. It's just been a morning already. <laughs> we started out by by talking about um, a, a prospect site, uh, and, and it just uh, think that it could be much better. And um, I get upset when I see something new that could have been, in my opinion, uh, much better. It's not even in my opinion. There there are definitely some low hanging hanging fruit things there that is. Um, yeah, should, should have been caught during the site design, wasn't caught during the site design, any whom. So that put me in a mood. And then I started talking about She-Hulk with Emily. And uh, and that put Emily, I'm not going to, I'm afraid to say anything, Emily. How, how do you feel about me talking about She-Hulk? That's maybe what I should. How do you feel about me talking about She-Hulk? I think based off of everything that Marvel's done up until this point, I just don't give Marvel any credit for writing anything about women. Marvel gotcha. doesn't respect women. Gotcha. And the only show <clears throat> currently that I think has any sort of decency towards women in the superhero genre would be the Harley Quinn show on HBO Max. Okay. Uh, it is fantastic, and I love it. So, so you're not buying into the this is an ode to uh, to women. This show right here. No, Marvel's no. never getting credit from me for doing anything. And I made the mistake of saying, Emily, I think you'd like this show because I feel like this show is an ode to women, and you called me out for being a man, which is yeah. classic man. Classic man. man trying to put my thoughts on you. I'm not meaning to though, Emily. It's it's a really good representation of women, says a man. <laughs> I, I was just trying to identify. I was just trying to to have some light conversation and try. That's to what you get for trying to to be my friend. Never, absolutely no. not. Well, no more philosophical <laughs> discussions with you. It's about she Hulk. It's Hulk. It's not even a philosophical discussion. It was it just a, uh, I went out on a limb. And, um, you know, I was trying to... I extended the olive branch of peace. You burned the tree. I get it. It's fine. And I'm sorry. And I'm sorry. (laughs) And I really wasn't even trying to. Uh, (laughs) That's not how our Friday morning has been thus far. Emily, are you still my friend? Oh, of course. Okay. My co-host, my friend, my compadre, my partner in crime. Are you all those things? Oh, yeah. And then some. And then we'll hang up and we'll see how we feel. (laughs) And I'll talk to you next Friday. Yeah, exactly. So, so no, you haven't watched She-Hulk. Are you going to try to watch it just to prove me wrong now? Um, Probably not. So, I read a review uh, this week that said the Emoji movie was a cinematic masterpiece compared to the show. And that really told me everything I needed to know. So, I think I'm good for now. But that person doesn't know what they're talking about. They just, they don't, I mean, that, well, maybe they do. Who, who am I? That is their truth. That is how they feel about this show. There's not, I mean, all of this is subjective. Um, it's not an objective representation of what's going on right now uh, with this show. I just, I think it's, it's a good comedy. It, it has some funny parts to it that as a um, nerd yourself, and again, I'm, an, I'm a nerd when it comes to stuff like this too, um, you know, you can get into the pop culture stuff. I think that you would have fun with some of the meta things that happen in the show. <laughs> I'll think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, what's going on? What else is going on? I mean, I'll take your I think about it as a... Uh, as a cue to go on to the next thing, uh, how's everything <laughs> going? 
Um, you know, nothing too crazy. I got a couch this week. Very exciting adult purchase for me. You ever seen uh, Dave Chappelle's show where uh, Rick James says uh, the little skit with Rick James and having his feet on the couch? No. You know what? I don't actually think I have. Okay. Okay. Well, there's all skit around that. Is it is it clean? Are you allowing folks to eat food on the couch? Uh, as of right now, no. We're, we're <laughs> so we like to watch TV and eat. Um, so we've been setting up like a picnic in the floor right in front of the couch. <laughs> like, oh, that's sweet. You and Zach just find new ways to be sweet to each other every single week, Emily. Oh yeah, that's my goal. I'm here for that. I'm here for that. <laughs> It's been nice. I really like it. It's it needs to be kind of broken in. Like we need to find the comfy section of the couch. It's very large compared to our last couch, so we're very far away from each other. But we've been really enjoying it. We're watching a lot more TV. But you know the shows that I want to watch. Yeah, <laughs> understood. I, you know, one of the things about having a child is right now. I mean, my daughter's four years old, and she is. I think grounded is too hard of a word. Uh, harsh because I don't know that you can really ground a four-year-old per se, but um, she's not. She can't watch television right now. She's been she's really testing her boundaries, and uh, she loves a good TV show. But um, yeah, right now she's not allowed to watch television. So what that means is that because we kind of be with her, right? She's four years old. It can't be like just go do something away from me. Uh, I need to be in some sort of proximity to her. Um, or her mother does, one of us do. Uh, and so that means we can't watch television. <laughs> now, it's not like I was watching what I wanted to watch anyways, uh, but Angelina Ballerina or Bluey, my personal favorite. Love Bluey. Is, is better than nothing, just just silence sometimes. And it's a lot of silence in my house at this moment because we can't watch television. So when you have a child – be prepared to not be able to watch television if you are going to use that as a privilege that you can take away from them. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I can't remember if my parents did that. I do know that, like, I think if right. they put TV on, I just kind of zonk out. Like, yeah, that was you, it. You never got in trouble. You were. Oh, you were, no. I was a little stinker. That was the whole, that was the whole thing. What? Not oh, you. Yeah. I was the worst. Bucking authority. Yeah. Do you have a sister or, or siblings? I, or? Okay. I have a sister. Okay. I thought I'd do that. Yeah. Are you the older or are you the younger? Yeah. She's six years younger than me. Okay. Was she the good one? Um, I, I would say my parents think so. Oh, mom. Mom Faulkner. This is, uh, this is we're now we're getting down to some stuff. Some deep stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. One of my favorite things, I don't, I don't know if you were able to do this, but uh, I back when video games were still early and everything had to be kind of plugged in, like everything wasn't wireless, um, mm-hmm. my mom would be like, oh, your sister has to play video games with you. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, oh, sure, absolutely. I'd unplug the second controller, hand it to her, and play just a first-person game. I do that now with my daughter. I uh, take the batteries out of, because it is wild, but I take the batteries out of my, like say my Xbox controller or something, and I hand it to her and say, hey, you're that person right there. Do do what you can. And then and she so, does. Look at her go. And then she does. And so uh, I probably don't have too much longer of that, but that's what's happening right now. My son also took his uh, first really good steps this week. So we have a... <sighs> little bit of a walker on our hand which is he just turned one so i think charlotte didn't really start walking great until she was probably 15 16 months something like that so he is an early developer he's going to be a um a a ball a sports ball player of some kind emily i think i listen i can see it maybe he's going to be a good old track star he's already up and running around take after pops Not really. I was. I played sports. I was never good at sports, but I did play them. So, um, let's see what else is going on. Any big plans for the weekend? Um, not really. Really, I keep telling Zach. I'm like, I just want more excuses to sit on our couch. 
Like okay. I, we paid some good money for this couch, so I got to start getting my good my good sits in. <laughs> I'm trying Ooh. to find excuses to get up in my work day and just work for my couch, but I got to be tethered to my my cables. And I haven't yeah, found a good way. Have you well too? I have a I have a tracking device on your computer, so I know where she <laughs> is at all time. <laughs> I like how she is. She's on the couch. Get her. She's moved to the couch. <laughs> She's done for the day. Ah, productivity warning. Productivity warning. <laughs> That's my thing. I have to sit at this like desk that I made because if I sit here, I I face my window. My entire apartment's behind me, and I can just focus. The second that I turn, my mind goes, "Ooh, new couch, interesting." Uh, I just don't want you, Emily. Quiet quitting. <laughs> you heard of quiet quitting? You've heard of quiet quitting, haven't you? I have. Um, it's a big trend. Big thing on like TikTok and Twitter. Um, Something I've, I've read about it because I, I think it's interesting. So for anyone that doesn't know, quiet quitting is kind of a Gen Z millennial trend, uh, apparently, where it's not necessarily quitting your job. It's quitting the idea of the hustler mentality, which in a lot of aspects I, I agree with and respect. I do think that's important to set good work boundaries. Sure, sure. Like now I don't check my slacks at 10 p.m. Because that's why you're never getting back to me, Emily. I'm just joking. Exactly. Exactly. But like, that's the thing is like, I will because my brain's always thinking, oh, I should really work on this. I should just do this. But if I set better boundaries and only check things if it's an emergency, that's okay. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's a better way to kind of tackle that instead of just full on kind of going into shutdown mode. But that's exactly. between the hours of nine to five. So you don't have to hustle past that. Yeah, because that's yeah. the thing is like I if once I put that in everything else, unless it's an emergency, it, it can be followed up on later. It'll Absolutely. be okay. And I, I think that's a good way. I do. I, I do. I I probably work. It's just so much in the day that. Uh, but you know, for me, sometimes I think I have learned I am actually a better thinker, like a better um, worker. If I could. I would go to Eric and ask uh, to work between the hours of like one and nine, uh, one p.m. and nine p.m. Uh, <laughs> and I say that because because I just my brain, the way it's wired, the way that it functions, I feel like I am more productive between those. Uh, and I have most of my good ideas come, and you'll see it right because I'll, I'll say, "Don't answer." I'm just putting this in here because I need to just get it out somewhere, like in a Slack or something like that. But a lot of my kind of just thoughts come in that out come come during that time, and you know, human brains are wired that way, and that not everybody's productive from eight a.m. to five p.m. or oh. whatever it is. Um, and for me, I feel like I I feel like I'm my absolute best between seven thirty and probably ten thirty. Honestly, I get that. That's usually like that's around my shower time. You know, when you have those really good shower thoughts. Like, you're like, man, why didn't I think of this earlier? And then by the time you've gotten out of the shower, you've forgotten about it. Exactly. So exactly. And you're like, well, guess I'll figure that one out tomorrow. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Never do. Um, exactly. And so, yeah, um, I don't even know how we got on the Oh, yeah. Uh, quiet quitting as opposed to rage quitting. Would you rather somebody rage quit on you or quiet quit on you? I feel like rage quit. Because yeah. at least I know how they felt up front. I feel like yeah. quiet quitting is... Passive-aggressive. Yeah, in a lot of ways. But, like, I, I have a lot of thoughts about it. And, like, I feel comfortable talking to my management team if I feel like something is amiss. Yep. And I also hope that my team feels the same way about me. But, like, yep. I know not everyone has the same work experience, so, like, it, it varies. Would I have done that maybe Are my first job out of college? Absolutely. <laughs> you, as benevolent as a boss as your boss, Trey Brimberry, is. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> that laugh was like, yeah, right, Jay. Um, did you go eat Korean barbecue last week? I did. It was delicious. Where did you go? Um, we went, oh, I can't remember what it was called. Did not take my suggestion. That's all I really can. No, it's so it was all you can eat Korean barbecue, yeah. which your place was not all you can eat. You probably and went to Iron I like the option to eat Iron everything. Chef or something like that. Is that where you went? 
Oh, Iron Age. No, yeah. this one was a different one on Buford Highway that also had like sushi options. So we like tried was that it out. Delicious. It was okay. I still kind of like Iron Age better. Mm, yeah, it has more like seasoned oh. meat. There's one not far from us. Mm. I've tried. I've tried a lot of them, and like right now, Iron Age is still my favorite. Second place would probably be. I think it was called K-pop. Or they have like unlimited appetizers and they had like fried chicken and ramen and all kinds of stuff that just like comes included. Well, there we go. There we go. All right. Let's dive into some stuff here, Emily. Begin by telling us what's going on here at EY Studios. Oh, absolutely. I would love to do that as I slowly reload that webpage because I forgot to pull it up. All right. Hi. Blog post this week. We have some really good ones. I feel like Jess is really just cranking out some really good stuff. I'm not just saying that. I just genuinely find this content good. With that being said, the first blog is actually not written by Jess. It's written by Eric Young, our CEO. Um, It is the four types of actions in an uncertain economy. Um, This is a really good thought piece from Eric kind of talking about like, inaction and things like that and just kind of talking about like the kind of mindset that you kind of have during times like this it's a really good starter piece i know eric was discussing kind of writing like add-on pieces to this and i think it's going to come up with a really nice series about kind of just navigating uncertain times and things like that i know we've kind of touched on it on the podcast but you know some people like to read and i think eric's got a lot of heart and soul into these pieces so i think it's a good read uh next up 100 days to black friday is your e-commerce site ready uh as of august 17th for everybody on this podcast that marked 100 days to black friday which is very scary um If you haven't started thinking about what you're going to do for Black Friday, Cyber Monday, you're already behind. So very good ways to kind of get everything started and get ahead if you can um, or catch up, I guess. So good read there. And then today we came out with why site speed is important and how a development agency can help. Um, also really great read site speed is super important. Um, not only is it good for user experience, it's also good for Google and making sure that your site is maintained and as fast as possible is super important. Good stuff. Always coming out here at EY studios. Make sure that you're checking out eystudios.com. As Emily mentioned, Jess is cranking them out. We got some more things coming up here. As I say, each and every week, uh, (laughs) Boy, things get so busy and things get pushed back, pulled, and yada, yada, yada. Beam. We got some things coming up here. Um, so, yeah, uh, make sure you check out the site. Make sure you follow us on social media at EY Studios on Instagram, the Gram, tw- Twitter, or Twitter, um, Facebook. And when are we doing our TikTok? You, you, you want to do our TikTok? Super no. and all that, isn't he? I think so. Uh, I, yeah. I don't have any of the dances down. I don't know if, I don't know if it's my time. Not your time. Um, let's see here. All right. So if you are listening to us, you have found Southern Friday e-commerce. Each and every week, we go through some relevant happenings in the world of e-commerce, business, retail, all that good stuff. We're doing it here. Uh, I will find some articles. Emily will find some articles. We'll read through said articles and then have a round table discussion about the articles uh, go back and forth for a little bit then go to the next one we got some really good ones this week emily um i'll hit those in just a second uh if you could please like follow us on all the major podcasting platforms apple podcast amazon podcast spotify uh sound hound is that a podcasting platform or is that just where you listen to music i think you just made that up sound hound is definitely anything isn't you that like heard? zapier or whatever that used to be remember that like really old live wire that's no, that's a, that's a peer-to-peer sharing. No, not live. Um, <laughs> We're not on that. Yep, uh, we are not on that. But uh, yeah, follow us. Leave a comment. Just like. Take two minutes. Not even two minutes. Take two seconds. Like the podcast. It'll help us out, and uh, it will get us continuing to get more and more listens. Emily, did you know? Two weeks ago, and I meant to mention it on the show, we hit one thousand downloaders for this uh, for this podcast. That's a lot of your family, Jay. <laughs> your mother downloading over and over because she can't figure out what. Well, how does this work? Download it again and again. Thank you so much, Emily's mother. Is that what happens there? Oh, I thought that was your mom. 
could be both of our mothers, honestly. It could be both of our mothers. Is your mom good with technology? Yeah, I think so. Okay. She's well, the one that sends me most TikToks. Oh. Well, She's hip. I didn't mean to disparage Miss Faulkner there and my mother. We shouldn't be dis- I shouldn't be disparaging any mother, should I? No. No. Maybe you should tell her to watch She-Hulk. So, anywho, today we're going to be talking about how July was the worst month for ad spend in two years. July was the worst month for ad spend in two years. We also have, um, let's see here, Amazon announces first peak season uh, fee for fulfillment services. Uh, And then maybe we'll hit either... This is an older one, but we might hit this one. The Facebook Live shopping feature is going away. Uh, We also have keeping score. Is inflation lower online than offline? And luxury brands discover blockchain. So we'll pick one of them, but we'll definitely hit these two first. Uh, The first one is coming from our friends over at Insider Intelligence, the marketer um, subsite, I guess. July was the worst month for ad spending in two years. Article by Daniel Konstantinovic. Konstantinovic. I did good there, Emily. Ah, I'm pretty impressed. Yep, did it. I've been practicing. Uh, <laughs> let's see here. They have this. The news. July July saw ad spending go through its worst monthly decline since July 2020. Ad spending contracted 12.7% year over year in July per Media Post and Standard Media Index's U.S. ad market tracker. tracker. July 2020 ad spend itself was low. Uh, down 17.8% from the years prior as the tail end of COVID-19 recession played out. Why is this happening? Ad spending soared during pandemic-induced lockdowns because of increased screen time and new digital advertising channels, but a confluence of factors have caused the market to cool down. The first real reason or the first reason is simple. Lockdowns are over and people are returning to everyday life. That means less time on screens and more time out in public, which has given a boost to out-of-home advertising and ads of on non-visual platforms like Spotify. A rise in inflation has caused businesses to re-examine spending and has also pushed consumers to spend less. There's debate about whether the U.S. is currently in a recession, but buyers don't seem optimistic. 70% of consumers say they think there's currently a recession per brand keys. On top of that, advertising norms have been shaken thanks to app tracking transparency on iOS, a wave of privacy regulations, and the ever-delayed rolling out of third-party cookies on Chrome. With spending falling and no post-ATT solutions for digital advertising insight, the outlook is spreading nerves. I've never heard that. It's spreading nerves. Never heard that phrase before. Uh, (laughs) Let's see. The spillover. Whether the decrease in spending is a downturn or just a stabilization, the impact on advertising and related industries is undeniable. Companies that overextended during the pandemic by increasing ad spend or headcount are now pulling back. Advertiser Perceptions reports that one in five marketers have cut their ad spend. Automakers, historically large advertising spenders, have instead put their money behind customer experience, prompting sweeping changes at ad agencies. Layoffs have hit nearly every sector touched by advertising, even as U.S. employees employment rises overall. Big tech companies had a series of brutal earning reports that prompted Snap, Meta, and Netflix to, and others to begin to lay off. Publishers like New York Times reported ad revenue drops in Q2, but it was saved by rising subscription revenues. Others weren't so lucky. Gannett began mass layoffs that affected at least 13 news outlets across the country on Friday. Vox, uh, V-O-X, not Fox, but Vox, uh, recurrent ventures and others have also slashed headcount as ad revenues dwindled. What's here to say? The contraction has wounded many sectors of the ad industry, but has also revealed which pandemic shifts are here to stay. OOH, uh, ad spending, and just a reminder that OOH ad spending is what was that? We saw that just a second ago. Ooh. Out of home, sorry, out of home ad spending uh, will grow in 2022, but at a much slower rate than its digital counterparts. Even as the world reclaims some normalcy from the pandemic, the post ATT and third party cookie landscape has given rise to new digital advertising channels. Influencer marketing has emerged as a cheaper alternative to traditional channels for big tech and many brands. 
though it has its own kinks to work out. And retailers from Michaels to Walmart have raced to launch retail media ad networks to tap into still growing pool of global ad spending. That same frenzy has come for streaming services who are all rushing to launch ad-supported subscription tiers to meet consumers' desire for cheaper subscription and advertisers' demand for high-impact ads. Well, that's a downer. God, uh, I hate that. <laughs> all right, Emily, you work more in this area than I do. What do you think about this? I mean, I, I think it's very in line with um, a few things that our customers are talking to us about is like some people have been having a lot of discussions about like dropping back on ad spend due to certain reasons with their company, certain things like that. It's never necessarily about the ads themselves. It's just kind of like where can they move the money around um, to be effective. And really what I've been trying to tell them is please don't do this. This is bad. This is not a good idea um, because there are still people online there are still people online shopping and if you're allocating those funds to different like media outlets you're just leaving money behind i i I don't think that necessarily like for major companies like this i think it does make sense to move certain things around because i think that they definitely overjudged certain things but like a small business there is no reason for you to be changing things around like this unless there's some sort of like huge company related thing that requires you to drop ad spend like there is still just as much going on especially now because it's almost the end of august which means it's essentially the holidays so you're dropping that back in favor of other things is just you losing revenue absolutely i think that you hit it and this is an opportunity right the big boys are cutting back on ad spend well maybe you can compete a little bit more i mean businesses love to follow the flock, right? They love to read their data points. They love to read their analytics. And yes, they're big businesses for a reason. Yeah, they're, they're, all those things have a purpose and a place. But again, do not confuse yourself with a Walmart. Do not confuse yourself with an Amazon. Don't confuse yourself with a Michaels or with a Target or with a, um, oh yeah, a, a five below, you know, a smaller scale, but still pretty large corporation. Of course, I think five below is owned by... I don't know, somebody, Bed Bath & Beyond, something like that. But anywho, um, don't confuse yourself with these guys. You are a small business. When the big boys take a break, when they begin to scale down, that's where you can get some market share. That's when you can begin to go after the people that they've left behind. As Emily said, yes, people are going out more. People, are, But there's still people online. Yeah. Even if you go out more, you're on your phone. You're, you're yep. looking at stuff on your phone. You're, you're, you're doing that. Like The thing about the world now is your computer is always with you. Even on like, I think it's it's definitely it's getting to points where in your car on your computer screen you can search for stuff in the on the monitor in your car. It's it's always with you, and so it's easy to look at what the world's doing, and it's easy to say, well, all these guys are doing this, maybe we should do it too. Yeah, but if they're all doing it, then you can take you you can get some advantages in what they're leaving. I'm not. You know, you don't want to just take their scraps, and you're not taking their scraps. As a matter of fact, now they're beginning to leave you the stake. Now they're beginning to say, "Well, we're not going to spend the money on this. Somebody needs to spend the money on that. And that somebody can be you." And so, um, unless you just have some really, unless you're running, you know, again, the out of home advertisement, or you're doing things like on Spotify, or so, how else are you going to reach your folks? And if people are yep. investing into Spotify and these other networks, then those are just going to go up. What used to be a bargain there is now not a bargain because people are, are spending money on it. Maybe you can find some bargains in traditional digital media outlets of, of how you're going to spend your money. Yep. Listen, let these big boys spend all their money and make the mistakes, and then you get to reap the benefits after. That's 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 the beauty of it, baby. <laughs> yeah. well, listen, you're going to see a, a – um, dip right i mean like well, just right now there's okay. trends you're gonna see a little bit of it but you hold firm you own that keyword and you keep on going and over time especially as people get out of this out of school grogginess haze as we go into september october uh, september october november you're gonna wish that you stood your ground uh and then you're gonna wish that you didn't that you didn't veer because it's gonna take you that much longer to crank back up continue to get this historical data so that you can optimize and have better campaigns and, and, and just, again, make decisions that are good for your business. Obviously, I'm talking with with, with uh, broad strokes here. 
But at the end of the day, you need to ensure that you're at a place to um, to, to just grow your business and not to give up in, in an area where you could be making some ground. And that's what this is right now. As an area where other people are fretting about things, you can make some ground in certain areas. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, that's, you know, I think it's good to know. It's, it's contracted uh, year over year. They're not, people aren't spending that much money. There are other ways. I think it is interesting to look at, like a Ma- Michaels or a Walmart to have their, your, you know, if you sell on those, on those uh, channels to, to probably get into their retail media ad networks. The big thing to remember, it's just, there's so many ways to reach a customer and you got to have a little bit of everything in order to get them. Yep. Yeah, I know they touched on influencer marketing a little bit. Always a really good option. It's just it takes a little bit of time, a little bit of research. But you know what? Now's the time. Mm-hmm. Take the time to do that research because it's only going to benefit you in the long run. Gotcha. All right, uh, let's go. We're gonna we're gonna kind of breeze on through, Emily. I think yeah. that was a good commentary. I think we're in the same agreement. Uh, we're, we're both in the in agreement that. Keep on keeping on, guys. Don't don't give up quite yet. Um, this one's going to be Amazon announces Amazon announces first peak season fee for its fulfillment services, and this is by Max Garland, and it is on Retail Dive. So we'll do the dive brief here. Um, Amazon announced a peak season fee for its fulfillment on its fulfillment services for third party sellers from October fifteenth to January fourteenth. The first time the company has instituted such a surcharge. The holiday peak fulfillment fee will cost an average of $0.35 cents per item sold through fulfillment by Amazon in the U.S. and Canada, the company wrote in its announcement to sellers. Amazon said the fee will cover increased fulfillment logistic costs and that coincide with the holiday shipping spike. We have previously absorbed these cost increases, but seasonal expenses are reaching new heights, Amazon said. As a result, we decided that similar to other carriers, we will implement a holiday peak fulfillment fee that applies during a time-bound period each year. All right, my first thing, and I'm about to dive in, like this is, I get it, I understand the rationale, but boy, if these companies just don't like squeezing the little guy. Oh, I know. And like the thing about it to me is like they're saying like oh you know like increased costs and things like that. I mean it's still not going to affect the end user. So like it's just the the companies are just getting squeezed out of more money and nobody's really going to result other than Amazon. Who's the end user? We are the customer. Like so like this is going to affect the customer. I I have to the all of these are going to be passed on to you, Emily. Don't think that 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 uh, if you if you order from Mama Joe's you know, hat shop down the street that you're not going to get hit. You're going to see a holiday delivery fee on your. Yeah. And what I meant is the fulfillment and the shipping doesn't affect like all of these additional price hikes is still not going to save the fact that it's still going to take over a month for the package to still get to your house. Like I'm sorry. I I cut it. And you're you're absolutely right to try to correct me there because you were a hundred percent correct. But like what I was just trying to get at is like, listen, these are still the things that customers are going to have to worry about. So now they have to spend more money and they still have to try to plan almost a month, a month and a half in advance to get all their Christmas gifts. Like I'm already starting to try to think of things now because like I just, there's still so many like logistic issues. Like, are we still going to have the same issues we've had for the past two holidays? Like I, and these price hikes, it's better to start kind of like buying things now. I mean, honestly, if businesses can start doing promos now, get ahead of this before they start adding these peak fees, you might actually be able to profit. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. It's a, um, you know, if they are saying, I mean, that's not a bad idea. If I mean, they're giving you a day, October 15th to get the best, to get the best prices on fulfillment. Go ahead and start buying guys. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, even run, uh, sometimes just telling users, this is what's going on. You want to avoid holiday fees? Now, people are going to do it anyways, right? But you're going to – but it might strum up some – oh, goodness, I need to go ahead and get this going. could help out with the uh, rush within your warehouse facility if done right. Um, yep. All sorts of things you could – hey, on October 15th, prices will be going up $0.35 cents a, you know, a, a product. Get it while it's hot. You know, if you're buying – 20 products from us, that's 650. You do it, you do it over the, I'm trying to do the math. That's around $6. If you do it, you know, if you do them like 
you can save some money by going ahead and ordering from us. So there is an opportunity there. Uh, but you're right. You're going to get the same exact service. And it's just going to cost you more. Sigh. Oh, Amazon. Maybe even worse service because it is the holiday season. I'm really hoping this year is better. I haven't heard any. You know what? I haven't seen any articles come up about like holiday projections yet. Have you? Uh, I'm sure I have. I'll look for them and we'll get Because, you know, that's what we need to talk about next podcast. Because I. There's a lot of prepping people need to do because I just I have this inkling that this year is going to be just as wacky as the last two years, but like a different kind of wacky. If they haven't started prepping now, they might be out of out of luck a little bit here. I mean, I guess it's never too late to try to get something going. But you, but people, you need to go ahead and start doing this. You need to go ahead and start thinking about this. When we said that last week, start thinking about it. You want me to dive into this dive insight really quick? Not too long. Yeah, go ahead. For businesses selling on Amazon using the company's fulfillment services instead of other carriers will no longer shield them from added peak season shipping costs. And as Amazon noted in its announcement, the fee is similar to the surcharges or price hikes major delivery providers such as FedEx and the U.S. Postal Service implement during the holidays. UPS is expected to announce this peak season, peak season surcharges soon. I love how companies always say that they're an alternative and this is why that the, they're an alternative. Stuff like this would be a reason why Amazon was an alternative to these guys. And then once they get everybody bought on, it's like, gotcha. Now I gotcha. It's no longer an alternative. You're going to do what all these other companies do. <laughs> Welcome to the club. And the thing is, like U.S. Postal Service, I get it because U.S. Postal Service is a it operates in the red, red. I mean, for better or worse, it's yeah. a money losing venture for the for the taxpayer and for the you know just if it was a business, it would be out of business without a doubt. That's not I get why we need it, but it's just a money losing venture for a lot of for for, for us. Um, it's not like Amazon lose is is losing money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Listen. Amazon's never going to lose money. And I say this as a stockholder of Amazon. I get it. They're just trying to make our stockholders happy. I get it. But, like, come on. Like, if that's your value proposition, keep your value proposition, Amazon. Um, The new fee is another example of Amazon passing on the elevated operating costs it has seen this year to independent sellers leaning on FBA. The company implemented a 5% fuel and inflation surcharge for FBA in April after already hiking fees in January. The fuel and inflation surcharge applies to both peak and non-peak fulfillment fees, according to Amazon. Desert Cactus, an e-commerce consumer products company that sells licensed product on Amazon, will likely see $100,000 in added costs uh, due to the new fee. President and founder Joe Stefani said in an interview, you know, the crazy thing is, is that they probably will see $100,000 in out of call. And I don't know these guys, so I shouldn't say anything. But a lot of businesses, they'll see $100,000 in added cost, but they'll also probably see $150,000 in extra revenue because they're going to attack on their stuff and then pass it on to Amazon as well. Amazon may just do this, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, the company... And at the end, you and I get to pay for it, Emily. The company has passed on a portion of previous fulfillment cost increases to customers, but it doesn't. Oh, well, I should have read the next sentence. But it doesn't mean <laughs> to raise prices higher in response to the peak season fee, at least in the immediate future. Well, good for you, Desert Cactus. I should have read that next sentence, but some nice as them. Um, it's too big of a pain in the butt because we see over 30,000 SKUs to do just to do like a slight modification because they don't make it easy to do so. So Stefani says, so if we're going to raise prices, it would take a while. I think we'd rather just kind of hold the line if we possibly could. So essentially they're saying that's too much work on the back end. Let's just eat it. Listen, who wants to do all the extra work? Nobody, nobody does. Amazon told sellers that despite the added peak season charges, fulfillment fees will remain 70% less expensive on average than comparable two-day shipping alternatives. Stefani said Amazon remains the least expensive option for his company to use. It is surprising Amazon to implement a peak fulfillment fee sooner. Josh Rawl, co-founder of eSpark, wrote on LinkedIn, the company provides services for brands Amazon Marketplace uh, channels. Amazon has barely raised fulfillment fees relative to the increase in shipping costs, Rawl wrote. Uh, They assuredly absorbed a lot of those price hikes. Of course, I'd rather fees go down, but this change is to be expected. My takeaway is to increase margins whenever possible, whether it's negotiating with suppliers or offering a superior product. That's a good good, uh, suggestion. 
there, Mr. Joshua Rawl. Um, Ray, how, do, how would you say it? R-A-W-E. Raw. 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 Um, <laughs> um, yeah, guys. Yeah, just this is – we're getting used to this, right? We're getting used to, to every which way being told that there's a fee for something, something's raising. Like, it wouldn't be 2022 if we weren't expecting another price hike somewhere, right? <sighs> Sigh. Mm-hmm. Um, sounds to me like Amazon has tried. So even uh, I was kind of tough on them at the beginning, and I will continue to be tough because they still ain't losing money. Uh, it's not like they're going to be hurt if we're tough on them. Yeah. <laughs> Southern Friday Commerce was mean to me. <laughs> I don't know. We got a pretty big influence factor out there. I have people reaching out to me all the time about having their people on our podcast, Emily. Listen, if I could be the reason that Amazon makes a change, I, I would call the podcast a huge success. What if we got an email that's saying, my client, Jeff Bezos, would like to be on your podcast? And I'd say, send a pic. Is it the real Jeff? <laughs> pick or it's not true. Send um, pics. <laughs> uh, so, again, if you're using, I mean, we talk about we all the stuff we talk about, but just a reminder that in your pricing strategy, and Josh Joshua kind of says it here, my, my takeaway is to increase margins wherever possible, whether it's negotiating with suppliers or offering a superior product. Um, when you're doing Alamy Channel and when your business is in the hands of another company like it is right now, I mean, you have to deal with with platforms too, right? They're charging you a fee and they could just indiscriminately hike up their charge. They do all the time. I saw it the other day. Yep. Uh, where I mean, I saw people complain about big commerce. I saw people complain about uh, Shopify. I haven't seen it as much about Adobe, probably because if you're going Adobe, there's not you're already willing to pay a, a decent amount of money to be on that platform. Yeah. Um, generally, the complaints come from the folks that are on a 59 or, or maybe on an enterprise level uh, agreement and six is six hundred dollars, and now it's seven hundred dollars, and it just it throws throws for, folks for a. For a tizzy there, which is a lot of money. I don't get me wrong, hundred bucks out of six hundred. You know that's a eighteen percent increase on what you were paying for this uh, month over month. Um, people can get put in a tizzy there, um, but you need to factor this. People are going to raise prices on you, and I get it. How can I can't raise? We, we were dealing with it with a. Um, customer of ours that was on a runway system where it's just like I, I can't raise my prices anymore i'm already having a tough enough time getting people uh to buy my product how can i raise my part and it just i feel i feel for uh those folks because yeah. it's tough but you got to do what's right for your business if you are going to go omnichannel then i would suggest that you that you just really have to factor it in, or it almost becomes a loss leader. Not a loss leader. You want to make a profit from it, but not as profitable as a venture for you, as you know your site. Um, and so, all that stuff you have to factor in. You got to know that right now people are going to be changing prices, and I don't know that that's going to be changing anytime soon. I, I don't. No. You know, I, I think maybe hopefully inflation is beginning to level out a little bit, but you're still going to have to contend with it. I think throughout 2022. Yeah. Yeah, maybe 2023. <laughs> I said that in 2014. I've been saying that for years. <laughs> maybe next year. Fingers crossed. Giving <laughs> up on it. Um, what do you What do you think about this? I just I feel like you've covered a lot of the big points about it. Really, the only thing I would add is just I get so frustrated about Amazon because they I just feel like they could be doing more. Listen, Jeff, reach into your pockets, think about the people, give them their money back. Just stop this nonsense. Honestly, if you think about this, this is going on a tangent. If Jeff Bezos just took some of his massive, massive earnings to help people, just imagine the world we'd live in. Like, it'd just be crazy. People could thrive. Mm. That's my tangent. Maybe you have to trust that people would spend the money in the right areas in order to do that. I, th- I think about that. I get what you're saying, but you have to trust that. Uh, that I mean, how many stories have we heard of uh, getting just our, our, our cash back from the from the government in 2020, 2021? <laughs> I don't know what I did with my money. 
Did you spend it on food? No, I spent it on a, a lot of people, stuff. A lot of people spend it on a PlayStation Five. Emily, was that you? No, it was not me. <laughs> Did you ever see that? I don't know if you watched Futurama. Were you a Futurama guy? Uh, I was, but I haven't. Um, I, I haven't seen a lot of the later. It's kind of like The Simpsons for me. I was mm-hmm. really into it for the first three seasons, and now I'm like, this is, I think, an earlier season. It was um, they get like a government stipend, and everyone gets like I think it was like five hundred dollars or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I joked about it like all the time when we got our first stimulus check because it's it was exactly like that episode where everyone got an excess of money and instead of investing it wisely everyone just spent all of it on like frivolous stuff Bam. and then at the end of the episode they pretty much just say like well you, it was never about the frivolous stuff what are you doing like we know <laughs> it it was just so perfect the, it was just wonderful. The problem with good thoughts that are good, like you just said, is, is a good thought, is a good philosophical thought, is a good, um, you know, just it's warm and fuzzy. I'm with you, right? If we, if we could just spread out a little bit, of, a lot, a little bit, whatever, just a little bit of the wealth concentrated at the top, at the, top the world would be a better place. Yes, in, in theory, absolutely. The the problem that folks don't factor in sometimes when we're having these thoughts is human nature and how human nature just does not allow us, our obstinance sometimes does not allow it to be as easy or as great as we have in our brain. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But Listen, history repeats itself. That's what I've learned. We can still dream. But um, let's see here. We're going to do one more. And I'm going to go with the Facebook live shopping feature is going away. Now, to be fair, this is a little bit late. Uh, this was from August 3rd and from Search Engine Land. But I think it's pretty pretty good thing to talk about. We missed it. Wanted to come back around to it. Um, live shopping. And this is by Nicole Farley. Live shopping allowed brands to connect with buyers, but Facebook thinks there's more value in short form videos and is shifting its focus to reels. Meta has announced that they're going to shift their focus on reels and their live shopping feature will be sunset on October 1st. What it means, after October 1st, users will still be able to use Facebook Live to broadcast events, but you'll no longer be able to host new or scheduled live shopping events. The feature was created two years ago as a way for creators and brands to connect with shoppers, find new buyers, and connect with viewers. Facebook says, as consumers' viewing behaviors are shifting to short-form video, we are shifting our focus to reels on Facebook and Instagram, Meta short-form video product. The company said in the blog post, if you want to reach and engage people through video, try experimenting with Reels and Reels ads on Facebook and Instagram. You can also tag products and Reels on Instagram to enable deeper discovery and consideration. If you have a shop with checkout and want to host live shopping events on Instagram, you can set up live shopping on Instagram. On in TikTok's footsteps. Last month, TikTok announced they were abandoning plans to bring a live QVC-style shopping video feature to the U.S. The announcement came after a disastrous U.K. launch, through pop, uh, though popular in Asia. Read the blog post. You can read more details about okay, and that's about uh, why we care. Brands and creators that use Facebook Live shopping to expand their reach and promote products will have to find another way. However, it seemed like live shopping served a different purpose than demographic, so yeah. swapping it for reels doesn't make much sense at the moment. Since yeah. you can tag product and reels, we suggest that brands and advertisers who use videos to promote their ship, brands and advertisers who use videos to promote shift their focus and cross their fingers. And I'll let you have first go at it. Sigh. Okay. So <laughs> I very much agree with the end of this. This, I personally don't understand Facebook shopping, but I understand that it fits a certain type of demographic. That I understand completely. Me as a user, Facebook, like live shopping, just seems very foreign to me. But like, in order to just sunset that and say, use Reels instead, those are not the same demographic. Like, those are completely different types of people. Plus, Reels is still in its infancy, even though it's been around for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And, like, Reels is essentially just Instagram 
re-uploading TikToks onto that platform. So like, it's really not creating any new exciting content. I do think having the shoppable reels is an interesting feature, but again, like nothing super groundbreaking. You're just essentially like dropping off a demographic because you want to just kind of stick with the younger crowd, which I don't really think as a long-term strategy is very smart, but you know, that's Facebook for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, I, no, you're right. I mean, Facebook trends to an older crowd, and older crowds are the ones that have the attention span. And so, no, you're absolutely right. And again, they're just they're not zigging when TikTok zags. They they just no. they're just following, and it's not like Facebook needs to just realize the role in the world. Their role in the world is to be a good social media platform for folks that are. 30 years of age, maybe 35 years of age to 65, 70 years of age. That's what just, <laughs> and then they just need to come up with another company to, to, to capture Gen Z because it doesn't matter what you do, Facebook, Gen Z is not going to get on you. You already have a bad name. People are scared of Zuckerberg. And, and like, make this the dream for myself. Like, I grew up on Facebook. I, I was on Facebook in 2004, 2000, well, February 2005, and I think it came out in September 2004. So, I'm, I'm, I mean, like, I don't have to get on TikTok. I can enjoy Facebook. I enjoy Facebook for the kind of yearbook aspect of my life. I love every morning. The first thing I do, Emily, <laughs> is I go to my happen on this day, and I love it. This morning, it was a picture of Charlotte and Jeb. Uh, just just Charlotte cuddling Jeb when he was like what five days old or six days old. I like yeah. I, like my life has kind of been on Facebook. Sometimes I just post things. So I could, sometimes I'll just put only for me so that I can remember that this happened in my life. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's just got, a, I get it, and I, I think that's a big thing. Is like. Just understanding the demographics that you work for and not constantly trying to veer towards the younger demographics because, and I I think this is important for all businesses, not just to be a company like Facebook. It's not always in your best interest to go for the younger crowd, especially Gen Z, not to dog on Gen Z in any aspect. They're just a very different buyer than most of us. I would not classify you and I are Gen Z in any capacity. They are just a whole different breed to try to market to. And understanding that is super important, especially if this article is like, oh, yeah, consumers are go- are shifting back to short-form content. I, I would disagree. I-, I think there is a varied amount of short-form versus long-form content depending on the subject matter. Like if you, Meta, are seeing that short-form is performing better, it's probably because your long-form content isn't very good. I watch very long form TikToks. I still watch long form videos on YouTube. It just depends on the content that you're creating and how engaging it is. I saw an article, uh, I didn't end up reading it because it frustrated me um, about how Instagram's thinking about getting rid of its photography feature and it will only be a video app and essentially just trying to take reels and like make it TikTok too, which I just think is such a terrible idea. And I just, uh, I feel like this podcast is just me being frustrated at large companies. <laughs> but even then, I mean, like didn't TikTok and they, they, I mean, I think maybe you just alluded to it. They, they expanded like, like, yeah. I mean, I know they have, cause we talked about it on this podcast. Uh, and, and so, so TikTok saying no, that people want more. So they want a little bit more here. Facebook is saying no. It's like it's like they're following TikTok seven months after TikTok decides to do something. <laughs> yeah, because I know that they were testing out ten minute features. The videos that I watch can be between sixty seconds and three minutes. Um, Typically, the statistic that TikTok boasts about, which I think is true, is an average user will spend about a movie's length of time watching TikToks. So Mm -hmm. that right there shows you that consumers are okay with long-form types of content because they're consuming so much so quickly. So if you have an accumulation of like good stuff like i will end up watching a TikTok for a few minutes and realize like wow i've spent a lot of time watching this one video but it was so good i didn't realize 
And so it's just knowing what type of content you want to create. Like this is essentially from this, I feel like this article is making me go all over the place, but this article is essentially just saying like, we don't care about those types of demographics. We only want the young people. We want the young people with the short attention spans. They'll make those quick, fast purchases. And like, that's, I don't think a good long-term strategy. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with you. And and again, young people get older as well, you know, yeah. and, and they're, viewpoints are going to change as they get older. Um, I mean, I identify more with the generation before me. Now that I'm older, I certainly didn't identify them when they're younger. And so it's just when you're always chasing that, and I, that's market. Marketing is built on the 18 to, what's the big one, 18 to like 42 yeah. female, male. Dem- that's what marketing loves to target right there. And I get that. I mean, because they spend money and everything. But um, I will tell you, I, sometimes I'll get sucked into Facebook reels because it's just on there. And I'm into like the history facts or maybe the movie <laughs> trivia stuff, you know, and nothing frustrates me when I'm like really getting into it and it cuts off on me because it's a real and it's short form. And I forget that I'm watching short form. I'm like, Whoa, this could have been expounded upon in so many different ways. Why didn't you expound upon it? And I don't follow you and I don't feel like going and searching for all your other crap to figure out if you continued this, you know, like for part two and you're like, where am I supposed to go? Yeah. My mom sends me reels all the time. Skin, I don't but, like cliffhangers. I hate cliffhangers. Uh, you know, there's a cliffhanger in She-Hulk this week, and I just didn't love it, Emily. <laughs> Joking. Um, so, and I guess on the e-commerce side of thing, I, mean, I really, I'm a little bit upset because I really like the idea of social of social shopping. And it seems like these platforms, I mean, obviously they know more about the data than I do, but it seems like these platforms are, are abandoning the show. The, I mean, we talked about it earlier this year, just about how excited I was and how I thought that you could do some pretty cool things. But it sounds like all these platforms are beginning to abandon sh- uh, social I mean, honestly, do you think, and this is based off some of the articles that we've read, do you think it's because they've had to lay off people and they were like, well, maybe we should just invest more in the reels because that's where the young people are. Absolutely. We don't want to invest in the shopping. Absolutely. That's part of part. That's probably uh, part. Of it. I mean, I'm sure there's decisions that are being made at a much higher pay pay grade than you and I are at, Emily, um, about these things. And so, yes, to answer your question, but it's just uh, you know, it goes back. I tell tell, um, and I know that this is different, maybe even vastly different. But, you know, the big buzzword, and it continues to be the buzzword, much to its credit, PWAs, headless, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to be careful because these trends, these what are going to be the next big thing, man, people abandon those so easily and just go yep. the, as a society, we're like a squirrel with a shiny object. We just pick up these things and we go forth. So hopefully nobody invested too terribly much in their social shopping. Uh, you know, hopefully it was an aspect of what they were doing, but it wasn't, it didn't become their main thing, you know? Well, there's some businesses that that was their whole thing. So now they're going to have to completely re-strategize, which, Hey, TikTok has a good live feature. Just think mm-hmm. about it. So Emily, I think that's all we're going to get to today. We're coming right up at the 12 o'clock hour here at EY studio. So I think that's all we're going to do. Uh, any final words, any final thoughts about today's show? No, I think this was a good one. It got me frustrated, but in a good way. Yeah, exactly. Uh, maybe we'll have an outro reel of our, no, just joking, of our of our previous conversation. and then. <laughs> Emily, you were fantastic today. Thank you so much for being on this podcast with me. Once again, I am Jay Brimbray, the COO over here at EY Studios, and you have stumbled upon Southern Friday e-commerce. We do it every single week. We, uh, just went through the show. So if you don't know what the show's about after going through the show, well, then we're doing a really bad job. So I'm not going to explain it again, but please like share, do all the things on the social, on the social media platform. Well, hey, on on social. Social. I don't own it. You know, we, we post these things, do it on the social media platforms, but also do it on the podcasting platforms. You can find us on all the major ones. Uh, let a friend know, help us grow this thing organically. And uh, so we can spread the good news about e-commerce. Well, Spread the good word. Yeah, the good word. Maybe not necessarily the good news because I feel like (laughs) good news about e-commerce. But hopefully we put a happy spin on it. Emily, I hope you have a great weekend breaking breaking in the couch. Hope you can uh, find some (laughs) 
good shows. So what, what are you watching right now? I mean, I know, all right, we're not watching she, but you're watching Harley Quinn. What else are you watching right now? Uh, some nerdy stuff, some uh, Dungeons and Dragons related things. Five point power sword. Listen, respect me. That's all I'm asking. I respect you. I respect <laughs> you. I have a lot of nerdy things I like, okay? I'm yeah. turning 30. I'm figuring things out. Let me live. So do I. I'm playing Mafia on uh, PlayStation 5. Did you, get, did you buy into uh, PS Plus Essentials or anything? Um, yeah, I have all, like, so I got upgraded for free for, like, a year. So I have, like, the big top tier stuff. But then, of Did course, I got it. Because uh, I already had, I had, like, one or the other. So they just kind of upgraded me to the everything. I don't know. I'm great. You are great. You're great. Thank you. Um, so, yeah. So playing that, I don't know if I get to play it a lot this weekend, but we'll see. So Fingers crossed. Yeah. Got some things. Guys, thank you for joining us this week, and we will see you next time.